Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Clay at Our Core, the pottery podcast coming to you from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Street in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. Today, we resume our Thoughts of Ensika series featuring Laura Davis, our cult pastor here at Core Clay. A battle-tested veteran of Ensika conferences, Laura has some thoughts to share with gallery and studio owners who will host Ensika events to come. Hi, Laura. How you doing? I am functioning and um, beginning to approach uh, a world where I'll be able to sleep better and achieve full relaxation again. Right. That's my goal. I think that's a good goal to have. I think we're going to have, I think that's going to happen for you at some point. That's, that's my hope, you know? And Sika sort of officially ended on Sunday. Today is Wednesday. Uh, We've sort of, there's a sense of some returning to normal here. People, Trinity 4, our beautiful friends, uh, Golden Lab was here yesterday. People want to know if they can stay later. So the rhythm of the studio is coming back together. But I'm, I'm curious to know, this is... Kind of the first, certainly the first time you've run a studio through a big conference like that. Well, kind of. Okay, so yeah. talk to me about that. How many of these have you experienced? So it was sort of going to be in town in 2021. So we got the pre-stages of planning for 2021, and then it went virtual. So this is the second time of starting to plan ah. in Sika, but the first time of getting it all the way through to the end. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like throwing the biggest citywide wedding ever. Crazy. Um, it's just, it's so many working parts um, that I was explaining it to someone as like, you're running a drone show, but without a computer net to keep them all in the same oh, place. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, I've been to, let's see, I can recite them. I've Indianapolis was my first one, and then Louisville, uh Pittsburgh, um, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, uh, Tampa, and Houston. Wow. So I've been to quite a few okay. before this. All right. And, uh, but you did Oh, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee was great. Okay. Sorry, Milwaukee. All right, Milwaukee. So what was, what did you, if you can put a, put this in a basket, what did you take away from those events as an artist? So the first couple I just went oh my god there's so many more tools that I need Um, (laughs) and I attempted to buy all of them yes I did that Um, and then I think each year the art that has been available for us to purchase has gotten better and better and better and like Mm. the hands-on things have gotten better and better so it started out the first year it was just really a lot of tools and then um, each year builds on the experience of the previous year um, and the gallery shows have gotten bigger and better. And, you know, um, you worry that you'll hit a point. Like, we've had things we've done as Clay Alliance that got so big that they sort of toppled on themselves. Yeah. So you worry that Inseco will get so much, so great, so wonderful, that it suddenly becomes unattainable for people to keep doing it. Right. So, um, I hope this wasn't that year. I can't imagine what they're going to do better next year. Right. But it's going to be Amen. something. Right. I mean, because Richmond, Richmond planned it all the way to the week before. 
in 2020 and had it go virtual. Oh, and so man. this is their second time doing it from beginning to end. So they have to have learned a bunch of stuff the first time that they're like ready to go with. So we're going to break a little news here on the podcast, and I'm going to report that uh, Pam Kravitz, who is uh, one of the leaders of the local committee pulling this off, the on-site liaison, liaison, uh, she told me that the official registration for this Henseca was 5,430 people, and then, of course, we all were talking about how people were, you know, doubling up on passes and things like that, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, we don't really do that. Never mind. No, no. But I mean, uh, people share. And so, but to have 40, 5,400 potters in one place, I felt a very definite uh, synergy going on here, didn't you? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, just the amount of love for clay that happens and then the number of people that are walking around going what are you guys doing right yeah. um, so there's there's an amazing love of clay and uh, it just i've tried to explain that like when you put a bunch of people together with the same interest they they just build on each other they for like sure. absolutely leverage each other's talent and get better and better and better each year for sure so it's amazing it really yeah. is yeah uh, so let's talk a little bit about what you learned from this from the Ensika experience here, where you weren't really running a convention, what you were doing is running this big satellite operation here at Core Clay. So, what did you learn from that? Yeah, so I guess that's the thing that I I hope somebody uh, in the future who's planning an Ensika will li- like think to themselves, let's listen to this podcast and and hear from people who are planning it. Um, like another gallery owner will will gain from this. Um, I think. Yes. The things that I felt very differently about this time were that um, it was not so much about um, getting, like, at least the way we took on the show was not about getting people to spend money, but I wanted people to experience my city the way I wanted my city experienced. Um, And I wanted clay people from around the country to see us as a ceramic powerhouse. Um, And so it wasn't so much about um, selling as a gallery owner. It was about getting people in the door and making sure that accessibility was um, first and foremost um, considered. And we wanted to make sure that like the fire department sort of signed off on our right. setup and <laughs> That's a good thing, yeah. um, making sure that we were properly insured for having that many people in the door and you know a lot of little logistic details that you don't think about on a normal day because right. this is probably the most people will have in this building for quite a while um, and we wanted to make sure we had someone sleeping on site 24 hours a day I mean, we didn't need you to be sleeping 24 hours a day. We just needed a person on site 24 hours a day. So I that person was, was me. Was you. me. Um, but it made it easier for me to be here because there was no more like, well, what time are you going to get to work? And when are you going to plan? And what are right. you going to? And people kept sort of laughing that I was staying here. And I was like, no, it really, like, it just solves some problems. A lot of problems. Yeah. So maybe that actually is a pretty serious recommendation. I mean, yeah, I'd yeah. recommend sleeping at work that week. It's, yeah. It, it solved a lot of issues for me of um, when am I going to be here and when what am I going to be doing. Um, and I think the important thing to know is you can't control the buses. Um, the right. buses have a schedule and mind of their own. Um, but if you are planning your show and your income and your finances about the buses, 
think about whether or not they're going to be able to make it to your space um, viably. That if you're on a small, small street or a hill or something, you know, the people on the bus are not necessarily going to get off the bus at your spot, right. even if you have the best show on earth. Right. Um, they, I guess they have not gone back to the rotating schedule of buses yet for the whole city. They, they were doing that as of Minneapolis, but I don't know if they're going to go back to it in the future. But um, for anyone who's thinking about the rotating schedule of buses, no one forces people to get off the bus at each show. And so, you want to make sure that they know at the bus stop that this is somewhere they want to get off and go inside. Wow. So that's a huge thing. That's kind of, but that's kind of a hidden thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Get them Because if it doesn't look interesting, right, they're not coming in. Right. So, like, make sure you've got signage by the bus stop saying what's inside. Right. Um, like, we have a very strange L-shaped building. So from either entrance, the building looks much smaller than it is. Right. Uh, so making sure people know what's happening in there is big. Um, what would you, if we had had, if we'd had all the money in the world and you had been able to do something more on that particular problem, what more would you have wanted to do? Bigger signs? I probably would have done more signs out of the street. Um, and, and, but that's also a thing to think about ahead of time. Set a budget for yourself of what you're willing to spend, write it down. Don't go above it because there's, there's going to be always 57 more things that people think of that needs to be done you know right. more light bulbs more light bulbs more light bulbs dear right. god I've, i spent like a thousand dollars on light bulbs at the end um and, and i mean cow. that literally for everyone like a thousand dollars on light bulbs at the end um think about what you are willing to do as if you were doing a wedding and don't go above that budget because you know there's always another poster to be made there's always right. another you know and um people just keep thinking of things all the way up until the minute. And it's almost like if you if you plan too far ahead, you've created too much free time for people to go, ooh, we got another idea. <laughs> so um, I think one of our one of our actual flaws was we were too early on planning ahead. And I think it left free time for people to keep thinking of more things that we could spend right. money on. Which just means you're in a like no, 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 no stance, oh, which is kind of annoying. Hard. Yeah. I, I finally yelled at everybody. I don't have poster money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so you do want to make but sure you've got a budget. But that's an important point to make. This is an expensive proposition presenting something like this. It is an expensive proposition. So be ready for that, yeah. right? Yeah. It is start an expensive proposition. Open your savings account and start yeah. jamming it now. Right? And like a wedding, I wish, the number one thing I wish I'd done was have a better photographer. We did not take pictures. It's hilarious. We had so much fun. We experienced so much, and we are now relying on the uh, Instagram whims of right. the public and right. like trying to call them from that. So, you know, yeah. get a photographer, yeah, get, get a photographer, put a person in yes. charge of yes. taking pictures. Yeah, that we did not. Yep, yeah. yep. We just didn't think about it. And you know, frankly, a photographer would have been an expense. Yeah, an additional expense. Yep. But again, put put that in put, the budget. Put one of your right? staff members in charge. Right, of that, right. Um, yeah, or put, make an artist be the the person who's doing it. They want photos, so give them a better deal on being in the show if they take the pictures. Um, Good idea. You don't need beer. You know, we yeah. got a keg. We used not even a third of it. You oh, don't really? need beer. Okay, it's just not. It's it's not required. Um, like, it seemed like something we should do, but it's just not that necessary. Right. So, 
Um, unless you're going to spend a lot of money on really good beer, and then you're getting people drunk, and that's what they become about instead of about the art. So, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you have to do beer. I think we were because we were, and you don't of, have to do wine. Right. Yeah. You don't have to do beverages. Period. Right. I mean, you don't because people really are here because they're, they're under a time through. crunch. Yeah. They're, they're running not through. there to sip yep. wine and yep. look at the at the pretty art. Yeah, and they're really not going to slow down enough to justify it. Right. So I get it. Yeah. So um, I think it would be nice to talk about the core clay people who made this happen. Oh God. So uh, Laura Davis. Let's see. Let's talk about. Let's first of all talk about. I'm going to just throw names at you, and you say things about them. Okay. okay? We're going to miss somebody. So no, I've got my list in advance. Here. No, there's somebody we haven't thought of. I know there is. Okay. Well, yeah. If, if there is, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do fix that on that. another episode. We'll fix that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So first of all, let's do Emily Hobart. Uh, Emily Hobart is the quiet voice of reason that uh, keeps us all together. Uh, keeps true. going. True. Um, shows up for work and just keeps plugging away at things. True. She's, lovely and kind and um and makes pretty pretty objects she surely yes. does sam Bugansky. sam knows big art words it's nice he yeah. does know big art he words, big art words. He? yeah it's good because i'm not a big art words girl anymore i used to do big art words i don't do big art words well, anymore that's why you have sam we so got sam it's nice words. i let him go yeah <laughs> i mean not, i didn't let him go i let the big art words go. right yeah yeah. So let's talk about Lexi Cook. Oh my God, Lexi is an organizational demon. Like I always knew Lexi was organized. Yeah. But that woman like sat down and put together, you know, everything that we needed to do to keep things tracked well. And I could not have, I cannot imagine how we would have done it without her. It was so nice. It was to so have so on that nice. Ball with yeah. That, yeah. So it? I cannot emphasize that enough. In addition to being just absolutely an amazing artist. Right. Yeah. So yeah. these are things that you want to tell other studio artists as they're facing an Enseca. Like, yeah, pick these out, are the personality types you need you to have. You need an organizational <laughs> genius. You need an right. art genius. And you need someone who will stick it together like glue. Those are right. important. Yeah. So let's talk about Liz Given. Liz kept the kilns rolling. She Thank did. God. Yeah, Liz just kept going. Uh, get all got all of our work fired in time and um, and put up with a lot of chaos. You yeah. know, so yeah, absolutely made the kilns operate. I think her braid is just a connection to the divine, and it just beams down all this yeah. love through her. Yeah, she just Nothing keeps going. Flaps her. How long is that braid now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, it's like but it's a, it's a thing of beauty for yeah. sure. Yeah, keeps going. So let's talk about our dear Nicholas Westercap. Nicholas helped design, no, Nicholas designed a, a line of glazes um, that we were hoping to launch this year at Enseca, but we just didn't have time um, to get all the way out with it. And, There's a lot to do. Yeah, and Nicholas has been um, a partner and friend for several years now, um, getting us to the finish line. Yeah, so Nicholas was her. absolutely wonderful. Yep. Jane Lester. Jane Lester. God, I couldn't, I can't imagine. Jane founded this studio with me, um, was one of the three people that I started this with. And, um, and she keeps us going. She keeps organizational numbers and tracks all of our firing and does it in a way and, and keeps calling people when, when people need phone calls about things and 
has hope and faith for things that I don't have. She does Reiki. She keeps all of us feeling a sense of peace and joy Truly. when we don't have it on a normal day. Truly. Yeah. She Truly. has, there was something upsetting that happened during all of this. And she said to me, well, I need to be optimistic and I'm going to be that person. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Somebody's got to be that person. Yeah. You're right. You, and we're you glad be that, that person. You. Thank God. Oh. Oh my God, my mom is calling me. Oh. Hey mom, if you're calling me, I'm hanging up on you and I love you. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna mute that. All okay. Right. Sorry. That's okay. Clip, clip that part out. That's all right. All right. Uh, no, I'm leaving that in. I think uh -oh. it's cute that she called you. Oh. Uh, so let's talk about our dear Alondra Paveras. Oh, Alondra, like I that green couch piece of hers. I love that so much. A green easy chair. Alondra taught um, the artworks class. Even when she didn't want to, she kept going. Um, I think she was so excited about Inseka and she just kept going. And I was so proud of her. Yes. It was lovely. Yes, yeah, very yeah. much so. And she was like so excited about Project M and so excited about the network. And just, I love, I love Alondra. Yeah. Having, having Little ball of young joy. energy yeah. like that was yep. so invigorating. And likewise, Darren Simmons. Darren knows more people than I had any idea. Incredible. I love getting a scoop on everything from him. Yes. Um, not that he ever talks crap about anybody. No. He's always incredibly professional. But he has uh, clay knowledge that I don't begin to approach. It's yeah. breathtaking. Yeah, he's got the Pittsburgh end of knowledge that I don't have. Wow. Yep. Very yep. cool. And so now we come to the young folks. So uh, Mason. Uh... Mason, they are... Like Mason is one who is spanning both brew house and the studio. Right. There's and always one comes or two, to us. Right? Yeah, comes to us from DAP. So has this um, institutional knowledge of like all of the things that I connect to. That yes. is neat. Mason has been working with us now for two full years, I want to say, and um, they just have a little impish joy when they walk in the door. And I adore them. You know, yeah. Mason Dean was instrumental in putting together the the glaze wall that we have in the glaze kitchen yeah. here. And I heard a lot of people walking by that. And ooing. Yes. Yeah. Mason, I think, may be taking on more responsibility with glazes in okay. the future. I think that's the direction well, they're going. It's... Although, they majored in... Um, in uh, photography. So I think for the next few weeks, I may be putting them in charge of taking photographs for the website. So That's a good idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, the problem with Mason, let me tell you what's wrong with Mason. Yes, tell me. Mason has a lot of different areas that they're good at, and um, it's hard for me to say, okay, this is what Mason's going to go in this direction, because I push them in that direction, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know what they'd be good at, too. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. thing with, uh, with Hannah. With Hannah Bunchu. Yeah, both of them Another are... Yeah, yeah. They, the, there's a DAP type, don't there's you think? There's a DAP type, yeah. They're tall and wiry and intense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a, like every DAP student you've had here has been like that. I no, think. no, we've had a lot of DAP students. Okay. Yeah, before COVID, we had a whole lot more. Okay. That I don't know if you had met all of them. Um, Probably not. Yeah, they span a whole broad range. Yeah, it's a lot of DAP students. Okay. Um, well, Hannah's I love just, the DAP intern program. Right, it's really and, terrific. and Hannah has yeah. been instrumental in getting the uh, the pugging the pugging up to oh my speed. gosh, yeah. So we're, I really we're want resetting us, that. I want to. I really do want us to get little labels that say "pugged with love." Pugged by with love Hannah. by Hannah. Yeah, 
and slap him. We on should it. actually do that. Oh, that would be hilarious. I love it. Oh my god, I think let's I do love it. That. Okay. okay, okay, yeah. So that's Hannah. So Vern Lash from NKU. Vern has been teaching, um, and it is funny. Like NKU um, art style is a very different style from uh, from DAP. Interesting. Yeah, so. um, DAP is a more um, less. How do I explain? DAP doesn't have the specific clay focus. They they seem to in, incorporate a lot of different things. Okay. So um, photography and clay and mixed media and and they go all over the place. Right. Um, and and because they do the DAP intern program, um, there's a very like regimented time to when they're with us. So it's like there's I there's a quarter that right. we have a DAP student and then there's a quarter that they're back at school and then there's a quarter that we have a DAP student. And that, so um, it's very interesting segmented pro progress. So we have a tendency to like assign a project during a quarter, which is kind of fun. Um, Vern has been working with us now for almost a year. Um, I think started last summer. Uh, has been teaching, but it's much more of a fluid, you know, she's here year-round, right. not just right. a specific period of time. Right. Um, and Vern's been doing teaching and um, specifically the date nights. She's been instrumental on that, yeah, too. Yeah, she's so, really good yeah, at that. Yeah, great. And then, of course, uh, tying in with uh, NKU, we have our dear Amy Pellegrino. Amy Pellegrino. Amy, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, <laughs> Amy left Court Clay to go be an independent potter last summer, um, but was with us when we started planning in Sika. Yeah. And um, she has continued to feel like an extension of our group. She worked her butt off for Nsika yes, and she, um, she spearheaded the windows of Nsika that are still up all around town. So, right. well, as of the end of March, they're still up. So right. if you have a chance, go see them because they're really cool. So, and one more thing, let's take a nod to the Undercurrent show, which oh. was really, I don't know if there was any other studio in town that had I don't know, but it was amazing. Like um, it was. Undercurrents was a labor of love from the studio members, and you guys knocked it out of the park. Like, I've never seen a group of people get more organized more quickly. Right on. So, um, good job levering all, leveraging all of your talents. Uh, everybody contributed, and I'm really proud of you guys. Um, that was a really well, well run, well sold show. Yes. For being on the second floor where nobody yes. knew to come up here to yes. to getting people up here, I was so proud of you guys. Yes. Um, and I'm hoping that that's created a little bureaucracy of people that want to keep doing things. I think so. They good. made four thousand dollars in yeah, that show. Yeah, it's a great so, show. Really it was a good cool. job. Really that was cool. terrific. Yeah. So really paid cool. some paid some booth fees, paid for uh, right. paid for some more clay, and uh, exactly. a couple couple of kilns could have come out of that too. I think Who knows? so. If so, only. If yeah. only. So one thing, uh, Laura, before I let you go, because I know you have tasks to accomplish today. <clears throat> you know, this has been this is it's been thirty three years since the Potter's organization came to Cincinnati to have a conference. Yeah. And that was because of the art controversy over the Robert <laughs> Maplethorpe photographs yeah. at the art museum. Yeah. And there was, and even a year or two ago, this debate arose again on well, yeah, Facebook. They, they added a bylaw um, to things in 1990 saying they would never come back here. 
right. because of that one event. Right. Yeah. So did they repeal the bylaw? Or no, they just didn't read they it. They just ignored it? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, and here's, here's what I have to say about um, boycotting as protest. Um, it's a blunt instrument, and it only works if you do it in a targeted and short-term way right if you decide you are never ever ever coming back to somewhere because of something that happened uh you are absolutely cutting off the good that you can do by doing that boycott it's a short-sighted thing to say well we're never because what happens is everybody goes well i guess if we can't appease people for that then we're going to turn towards people who are embracing us for that um, so if you want to accomplish something with a boycott you say here's what i'm doing i'm boycotting this I'm going to do it in this very specific, narrow way, and here's what I need to make it better. Right. Um, and I feel that Cincinnati as a city has come out the other side of that boycott and, um, and earned our way back into a national spotlight for creative arts again, because we worked really hard to improve our um, scene. I think, I think the stupid law is still on the books and it's definitely not enforced. I'd love to see it removed. Right. That would be great. Right. Um, but it's definitely uh, an obsolete law that, you know, it's uh, we'll discuss that more in depth in a future podcast. Sure, absolutely, podcast. in a future but, podcast. Yeah, but, I think but that... But I did as, think it was interesting yeah. that, that there was, because there are, there were potters at this convention who were born after oh, yeah. the Maplethorpe. The majority of the people attending right. were born after that. Born after that, and I just wonder, like... It, so what made me happy is the point that you made, which is that Cincinnati really did turn it we've, out. We've earned a space back. Absolutely. I and, think. Um, and it was embarrassing and upsetting that that happened the first time. Um, people were using a situation to make a point, both from both sides. It was, right. it was absolutely planned from the Contemporary Art Center and it was absolutely planned from the Sheriff's Office. They Both sides knew what they were doing. And it damaged the entire city for a very yeah, long time. It did. It did. So, it, it, it reinforced a lot of the bad things people already thought about Cincinnati. Yeah. And it did not. And it and that it really did take a long time to throw yeah. that off. So I'm glad that I think Enseca went a long way to doing that. And I think it's an important thing to think about because one of the comments um, in a group discussing where we were was that they didn't want to come to Ohio because. Um, because of the Roe v. Wade uh, decision, the, the um, repealing of Roe v. Wade led to all of that, and Ohio is a state that now had trigger laws that the minute that that was repealed, um, it was no longer legal to have um, freedom to protect your body in the state of Ohio. And so people were upset and said, you know, can we only have in SICA in states that um, women have reproductive rights in and the problem with that is if you take away your money and your input from the states that are on the border you turn a purple state you turn a swing state into a state that you will never have any sway over again and if you withdraw your support from the people who are trying to make it better you are damaging that city and that right. state right. and it's a very narrow view to do that there was a young woman walking around the expo, I think she was from California, who was wearing the 
long red robe and the white bonnet oh, yeah. of a handmaid. And I thought, well, you know, that's I an effective way to do it. That is an effective way to do it yeah. because it's it says, I'm not getting in your space. I'm wearing clothes. You're not, yeah. I'm not offending you, but I am want to say I'm something. I'm going to make my statement. Yeah. And, I, and absolutely make your statement. I'm not saying don't make your statement. Absolutely. But, but give targeted support to people who are trying to fix the thing that you're right. mad about. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Laura. It's good to good to talk with you about this and debrief yeah. on it. Thanks a bunch. Bye. Next year's Ensika, by the way, is in beautiful Richmond, Virginia, which has many charms, but which will never be as beautiful as our Queen City. A programming note for all you core clay potters out there: as part of getting into the post Ensika life here at the studio. I'm going to drop the reminder that our next First Friday Kiln opening will be Friday, April 7th at 6.15 p.m. The cult pastor invites your opinion. How shall we fire this time? Leave your notes down in the comments. This is Ann Saker with Clay at our core. May the Kiln Gods smile upon you. <laughs>